TogiNet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or even more. I give you the opportunity to go look at their hotel fees and take advantage of their cost savings. Please go to www.bestradiotravel.com. Check them out. I think you'll be pleased. Welcome to Second Win with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Welcome. I love knowing that you're with us again today and that you are going to enjoy this show as much as any of you you have experienced with Second Wind. It's always a pleasure, a pleasure bringing you these shows So, thank you for being here today, and hope you'll spread the word. But let me tell you about our guest today. Sharon Saylor is a communication and body language expert, affectionately dubbed the difficult people whisperer. Now, you're going to have to tell me more about that, Sharon. I don't get it. But as an international trainer, best-selling author, she is devoted to teaching professionals to be courageous leaders, both verbally and non-verbally. She is listed in the top five international experts in body language, according to globalgurus.org. Sharon is passionate about inspiring hope and help for those with autoimmune conditions. She's also the creator of the Autoimmune Hour Show because she was frustrated by her own experience with a rare medical condition. What her mission is, is to share a wide variety of quality information to teach others how to be courageous, self-advocates, so they, too, can turn the transitions into triumphs. I love that. I love your mission. So welcome, Sharon. It's a pleasure having you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Joyce. Now, how did you get that name, The Difficult People's Whisperer? (laughs) Well, one of the things that I do... Two types of my life, my corporate world, my corporate work, is all around Uh teaching leaders to be very courageous speakers. And oftentimes they have to deal with difficult people in their world, whether it's upper management, employees, customers, clients, whatever. Uh People are often very conflict avoidant and afraid to speak up. They'll say, oh, what if I'm labeled aggressive or something like that. (laughs) Plenty of ways to do it, both verbally 
and with uh-huh. body language where people don't even know that uh-huh. they're being managed. So it came about as a difficult people whisper. A couple of clients started laughing about, well, you do it without even saying a word. You just put them in their place. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I like that. Well, are you still as involved in that in that world of the leadership? Or and now you've taken on the autoimmune, so it sounds like is your life split in both in doing both areas, or have you focused yes. primarily in your passion, your mission? They are both very, very connected. I'm doing very similar work in both. Uh-huh. About five years ago when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune, I became equally passionate from teaching the leaders in the corporate world that I continue to do, but I became uh-huh. equally passionate about teaching people how to be strong self-advocates for your own health. Uh-huh. I was so frustrated when I got diagnosed. Uh, people weren't, doctors, medical professionals weren't listening to what I was saying. They would listen like the first five seconds and jump into trying to fix it. And uh-huh. I would walk away coming home to family and going, even with all my training, I can't be heard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I took what I do in the corporate world in it and started to do it around doing, being a strong self-advocate and an empowered patient. Yeah. So will you share your journey with us? What really got you into was being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. But how did you, what, what did that start out as? How did you realize you had, uh, or needed medical, uh, support? Well, the problem with an autoimmune is oftentimes you're just feeling for a number of years beforehand, and it's very common to have it quite a while before you're diagnosed. You're feeling a little bit of brain fog, some fatigue, other things that you can, a little bit of joint pain, you're like, oh, old age or menopause or yes. uh, just uh, overworked, you know, soccer mom uh-huh. syndrome, whatever. And so uh-huh. it's never properly diagnosed early. It's not until you get a symptom that really pops you out of this norm of just these symptoms, minor symptoms that add up to a great big feeling crummy that... Mm-hmm. They're able to put a label on it, and that's what happened to me. I'd been feeling poorly, but I was mm-hmm. traveling the world several hundred, a couple hundred days out of the whole year, you know, traveling and speaking and and trying to eat healthy, but not as healthy as they probably could have, things like that. And then right. on one vacation five years ago, I started to have symptoms that were much more troublesome. One morning I woke up and my legs were just absolutely weak as wet spaghetti. Oh, no. And then two days after that, because I'm not home, I don't have access to doctors, I just sort of write it off as jet lag and fatigue. And two days after that, I start to have a really bad rash. So fly Mm -hmm. home and, and got diagnosed. But that whole journey from first symptoms to diagnosis was several years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's very common with autoimmune. And that's part of it that's so frustrating. It's like, I know something's wrong, but they're not able to give me a diagnosis. They're not able to label it so I can really attack it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, oftentimes some of the things that happen could be any of those things I listed, like sleep disturbances are very common in perimenopause and menopause. It's very common to have sleep disturbances, but it's also right. very common in autoimmune. Right. 
Well, just the stress of living these days is so accelerated that, uh, you know, we have to factor that in as just being a constant thing on our bodies. And I, I would assume that that contributes to autoimmune. Well, stress is absolutely one of the things. It doesn't, they haven't said it technically causes autoimmune, but yeah. it's absolutely, it's definitely one of the first things that after the diagnosis, you must tackle and look at those stresses in your life. And the stressors could be a lot of things maybe you don't want to think about, whether it's a lot of difficult work relationships or maybe family relationships, your relationship with yourself. Uh, could mm-hmm. be Stressors can be almost anything, including watching too much of the news these days. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yes. I'm almost turned a silent ear to that, but then it's gotten so exciting lately, I've, I've kind of... <laughs> opened it up back up because I just, every day is a new day. So, you know, it's a new adventure it can also here. Add a lot to our, it can also add a lot to our stress level, though, and if you're dealing with wanting to heal your body, trying to calm the world down is, is one of my things that I say is really very important. Yeah. So how did you balance out stress? Because it is just, it's so prevalent in all of our lives. What do you use for quieting the stress you know for years I had tried to meditate and I had a halfway meditation practice and I'd do it when I found time and all of that I became I started to become very systematic and that hmm. is what helped me manage my stress and one of them was every morning finding time to do two things uh, sharing from um the Wellness Universe taught me this one, and I just love it. She, it. First, when you wake up, you put your hands on your heart and say one thing you're grateful for. And oh. sometimes when you're feeling crummy with an autoimmune, it could be just thank you, body, for waking up this morning. It could be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. And that I, that changes everything. Just It's like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And I'm always amazed at how rapidly the body responds to gratitude like that mm-hmm. and then yeah. the next one I do is meditation uh, and I've got three different lengths of meditation songs that I like to music that I like to listen to and I find it so funny that the people in my world by the length of song they know whether she's in just a, a quick four minute meditation or she's in an eight minute or a 14 minute <laughs> <laughs> sort of not, they sort of time out the clock on, okay, don't bother her, let her do her thing, let her recenter, regroup, and reground. And I was surprised. At first, when I learned about meditation, like I said, I did it, um, and I enjoyed it, but I really wasn't into the presence of calming the body, calming the mind, calming the emotions. Mm-hmm. And as I began to make it a system, and, I'll, and now it's a ritual, mm-hmm. I have been amazed and beaten all the statistics as far as what the, they would say was with my condition where I would be ending up five years later. I'm not anywhere near those statistics. And I counted mm-hmm. all to well, just five things, but the major ones there is stress reduction, and a lot of that has to do with meditation. Really? Yeah. Do you meditate in the morning or do you meditate throughout the day or how do you 
manage or do your meditation? Great question. You know, I find it, I do it in the morning, but if I'm Mm -hmm. having a particularly stressful day or I have a particularly stressful call coming up or I've just hung up from one or what, anything like that, I find that just two or three minutes of just finding time to center myself and do some, just some nice focus on my breathing. I don't even have to play Mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. I find that even 30 seconds focusing on my breathing transports me into an entirely here, now, present, relaxed state. It's amazing to me how fast this wonderful machine, our body, responds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that, that your ability to meditate, like go into that state of meditation, of peace and quiet, has you, you're able to get there quicker now that you have sort of a track record of meditating? Absolutely. It amazes me how, at first when I started doing it, things like the, uh, oh, I didn't change the laundry, or the grocery list would wander (laughs) through my mind. And Dan Millman taught me this. Dan Millman, author of numerous books on self-empowerment, self-improvement, and best known for Way of the Peaceful Warrior, he taught Mm. me this. And he said, just let it wander through. Acknowledge it like, oh, a thought, and let it go. Oh, a thought, Uh and let it go. And it's amazing to me, just just that acknowledgement. Oh, and sometimes when I first started, I was like, oh, I can't do this. And I beat myself up internally. Like, oh, here comes the laundry list. <laughs> and yes, this comment is just acknowledge it and let it go. And yeah. the more I did that, the less it happens to wander through now. It's <laughs> amazing how funny? the mind responds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back and pick up. For our listeners, what, how you die, how you, what's the definition you use for an autoimmune? Because I've learned since we started talking, um, because of my research and preparing for this interview, uh, a little bit more about what an autoimmune is. I wasn't quite sure. So maybe you could talk a little bit about an autoimmune. What, what is that? What is that disease, sir? Oh, my gosh, we could talk for days on that topic. I'll do the shorthand version. (laughs) Oh, please. (laughs) Autoimmune is sort of a big basket and currently has over a 100-plus labels. Oh. Everything from MS to lupus to uh, dermatomyositis to all these other great big words, Anytime the immune system gets hyperactivated and starts doing more than it should, it's sort of like on constant guard, and mm-hmm. that's when they call it an autoimmune, is when the immune system is hyperactivated, creates mass amounts of inflammation in your whole body or parts of your body. It doesn't have to be your whole body. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune. Psoriatic arthritis is an autoimmune. It's just very difficult to label. And one of the things that I learned in my early stages, as I said, I knew something was wrong for a while. And all of these symptoms are similar. And until you bounce out of that, in my case it was skin and muscle weakness, they're not able to put a label on it. And then they put a label on it and they're able to give you a little more definition of what they need to do and you need to do to solve the issue. 
But since the, auto, since the immune system runs through the entire body, an autoimmune can be anywhere and everywhere all at the same time. So it's a really difficult definition other than typically is the body inflamed is one mm-hmm. of the key things that they look for. Like, oftentimes people will lump things like Lyme into autoimmune. Yes, and it's not, yes. it's not technically autoimmune. It's a bacterial and a spirochete and other things that are lumped into Lyme that aren't technically Lyme, but you get from tick, tick-borne disease. Yet a lot of the symptoms are so similar, Lyme is often misdiagnosed first as an autoimmune, and then upon more research, they come to find out, oh, gosh, there's that bacteria or there's the spirochete, whatever part of that is affecting you. So... It's a really difficult one to pin down, but there are certain things that are in common, and that's inflammation, fatigue, brain fog are the most common. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those are all kind of uh, pretty typical aging <laughs> situations. I mean, the brain fog for sure. Um, I know I have inflammation, and so they they're kind of like just conditions of what I would consider since I am a older interviewer. Um, I would kind of think that was pretty common for most people. Is that what makes it so difficult to diagnose the exact disease that's treating the body? Absolutely. It, it mm-hmm. does because it, like I said before, it could be, maybe it could be menopause. It could be hormonal. It, it could mm-hmm. be any number of things that aren't related, your, your immune system could be working just fine. It's only when the immune system gets hyperactivated that they begin to call it an autoimmune. Oh, okay. So when your doctor, was there a day that your medical person sat down and said, this is what you have? And, I mean, you say in your notes that I've read how discouraging it was. How did you make that switch from where you are today, which is uh, very positive, very, you, you know, there's something you can do about your situation. How, how did that all happen? Because I, I don't want to tell your story, but um, that had to have been an awful day because they don't exactly tell you good things. No, they don't. No, it's pretty dark. Although, before I got the original label diagnosis that day, I knew something was seriously wrong. My legs weren't working right. I was feeling winded, which was very strange for me. Usually I have a lot of energy. And Uh then I had a very bad skin rash, and it just wouldn't go away. It was like the worst case of hives I've ever had in my life. And I, antihistamine wouldn't make it go away. So I went to a doctor that I'd been seeing a while, and they, they had labeled it numerous things before. Mm-hmm. And none of them, as I went to Dr. Google, and I don't always recommend Dr. Google, unless you go to really <laughs> deep research sites, not just the fluffy sites. Go to real research right. sites. Yeah. Um, as I ticked off, like, the previous diagnosis, I'm like, well, you know, that's not quite right. Um, you know, I got two of the six. Hmm, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Well, that day, she took one look at me. She left the room, came back with another doctor I'd never met. They looked at me, 
looked at my rash and a few other things. Without saying a word, he nodded at her and he left the room. Oh. Now, as a body, as a body language expert, you don't have to be to know that's probably not good news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> then she gets this look on her face and she's looking down, won't make eye contact with me. So we're confirming not good news. Oh. And she says to me, I am so, so sorry. You have oh. dermatomyositis. I've never heard that word in my life. I couldn't spell it. It could have been supercalifragilisticexpialidociousfrauli. I knew. Yeah. It meant nothing to me. Other right. than body language, I'm like, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Then, long story short, kind of gave me all the terrible statistics, kind of like, you know, how this commercial. Reading the medical label, yeah. Yeah. Those they die. Where they have everything on death. the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how really making there. me feel positive, yeah. Just making me feel positive with a big, long list of statistics. Yes. Labeling me with this word I didn't know. And told me to go see a rheumatologist, and that was about it. Ah. So I immediately, of course, try to figure out how that word is spelled. And, of course, in the elevator on the way down, start Googling it. And mm -hmm. pretty much the statistics I saw were what she said. Although mm -hmm. I've always been a person who, like, huh, challenge me and I'll show you kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah. that finally, my mother said, finally, Sharon, that worked in your favor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I thought, uh, what happened to Bedside Manor? I mean, even oh my he, gosh, good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> even I, you know, even when you have to tell somebody bad news, I mean, gosh, what happened to encouragement and support? Wow. I'm well. I, that's I don't want what to the autoimmune hour is about. Yeah, that's what the autoimmune hour is about. But too many of them, but either time pressure or they just don't feel comfortable giving you bad news. Mm -hmm. Or they really, a lot of professionals out there don't understand the latest research on autoimmune either. A lot yeah. of what they've learned is old news because all of medicine and healing and health, the un understanding of it all now is rapidly changing. It's very hard to stay up to date on all the latest research. But there are some simple things you can do regardless of your diet that will absolutely make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm already knowing you have to cut out sugar. <laughs> sugar yeah. is on everybody's bad list. So I'm assuming that one of the ways that you can treat any, uh, disease is treating the body. And that would certainly be through food, right? Food is one of them. Nutrition is one of them. And you're right. I, did fuel a lot of my busy life via sugar, whether I knew that a lot of things had sugar in them or not, maybe yeah. just cho chose to be ignorant about the amount of sugar I was mm -hmm. consuming. But there's still ways that I get my sweet tooth taken care of now. I make this wonderful carrot, ginger, banana smoothie in the morning with a little bit of coconut milk, and it's actually oh, yum. sweet. Yeah, it's actually sweet as well. Mm -hmm. 
But you have to yeah. be careful of too much, you know, too much sugars in the body at too soon. You can really do a number on your pancreas and other things to get a sugar okay. spike going. So, but nutrition, yeah. and the funny thing about nutrition is that I thought I was eating healthy, and then I would go to doctors, and they'd say, what did you eat? And I'd say, oh, I had a salad, or I had a green drink, or I had this or that. And they're, oh, that's all good. You know, that's all in the food groups. Fantastic. Getting enough veggies with your green drink. Awesome. Yet, just this last year, I finally went to nutritionists that did food sensitivities and food allergies, and I realized that some of the things for me, which are really, really healthy for mm-hmm. most people, were not healthy for me. My body was in a condition where it couldn't tolerate very specific items. Like, one of them was parsley. I'm like, who knew that parsley, uh, for me, yeah. was, wasn't good? And for other people, it's an amazing food. You know, it's an amazing green. But mm-hmm. in my certain state right now, I just have to learn that my body's not ready for parsley. So mm-hmm. that's the crazy, another crazy thing about autoimmune is it's so individualized. Somebody might say, oh, spinach or tomatoes or apples or other things that are really good foods. Mm-hmm. for them and their body at that time, not so much. Right. Yes, I've, uh, about six months ago, did a diet, and it was, the, it was a, I liked the diet. I've been on several over the years. But what I liked about this is they actually took you off of everything and then started introducing foods. So I'd never had that experience. I'd always gone by a strict plan. So, you know, I could find, I could see that eating a handful of almonds caused my tummy to bloat. And, and it was like fascinating to see how the body reacted and other people it didn't even affect. It, it's, it so, is. And that's what makes it so hard for somebody to give a blanket diet, like here's what you should eat when you have mm-hmm. autoimmune or you have like a specific autoimmune, like here's what you should eat when you have, I'll say, MS or lupus, because each body reacts differently. I, I enjoy almonds. I can eat them, and I find them a great food just to keep in my purse for those times when I can't get to other things that I want to have, I think. Right. So it's very it's very difficult for not only yeah. the, the person, you know, who's taking yeah. care of themselves well, but also for the people trying to help you because it's so individualized. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break here. Coming back, we will learn more about autoimmune and, and how the body reacts so that you can take a five things that you could do right now to change your health. I, those are all great. That's great information for us to share with you. And Sharon is is not finished yet. She has more to share with you. So we'll be back shortly. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, 
passion and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. TokiNet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through TogiNet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, sign up, and enjoy the discounts. This is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-I-C-E. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with the wonderful Sharon Saylor. And what is what she has opened up to us is the world of autoimmune, which I really didn't know very much about, but I have since changed that condition, uh, just in the how amazing our bodies are and how they can be affected, how slowly the symptoms come on to each different body and how they can be interpreted. So anyway, Sharon, thank you for all the information you've given us so far. But before going to break, I mentioned about taking the five things that you could do right now to change your health because I know the what we put in our body has definite uh, results and effects on our body. So can you uh, share that with us? Oh, absolutely. We've already talked about reduced stress. And yes. even incrementally, even incrementally, sometimes you, oh, I can't, I've got this and that, my calendar's this and that. Even just optimizing and reducing stress, one little piece of stress a day, is it, over time it adds up to a compounding effect to a ma- massive amount of de-stressing in your life. And that even includes what I want to say, toxic relationships, toxic friends, toxic people. <laughs> sometimes oh, people find that hard, but... 
setting boundaries and saying no and setting yourself first. Because if you yes. are sick, especially with an autoimmune, which can be quite debilitating in a flare, what they call a flare when it's at its worst, can be quite debilitating and can go for a long time, what good are you yeah. to all the people in your world if you're up there, you know, unable to get out of bed in the morning because of all of the autoimmune condition going on? So to me, it's like put yourself first. It's okay to put yourself first because you're no mm-hmm. good to anybody else if you're not able to get up and move about. Then we also talked about diet. Eating organic to me is really important. And then understanding your food allergies and food sensitivities if you have any. A lot of people wipe out whole food groups without ever knowing. Oftentimes you'll hear people say, oh, uh, I'm not doing sugar, dairy, gluten, nitrate, blah, 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 blah. And Mm -hmm. I say, work work with the nutritionist to find out maybe you can do some or all of those. People will say, oh, I'm not doing gluten, and they wipe out all sorts of things that really don't have gluten in them. You can find gluten-free oats. You can find other grains and seeds that don't have gluten in them, yet they just take grains off the table because they assume it all has gluten in it. Mm-hmm. I We do a lot of um, street markets here. You know, we're in, we have a lot, we're in the farm area of East Texas. And so I just learned because I have the gluten, gluten, I need the gluten free. And I just, and I hope this is right. This lady was selling sourdough bread and she said, I could eat sourdough bread because it didn't have gluten in it. Well, now that's, that's, Depends on the flowers that was made with. If it was yeah. made with an oat flour or something uh-huh. like that, sure, you can have sourdough. But oftentimes, the traditional sourdough that you might get in a, a grocery store is yeah. made with a wheat a wheat based flour. The sourdough uh-huh. uh, starter does nothing to uh, delete the gluten from the flour. So. Yeah. I'd be a little careful and notice how your body responds. To me, that's yeah. the big question. Some people yeah. who eat gluten within 30 minutes will have a headache. Or other people will say, oh, I've just, all my joints hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, I talked to a person who said, when I eat gluten within a half an hour, I feel like I have a sinus infection. And mm-hmm. she was saying how she was treated for years for sinus infection, and then she found out, just by mis- kind of by chance, it was a gluten sensitivity. So yes, yeah. It's really tough to know, but also on the breads, I love breads. I could eat my way through a bakery, you know, <laughs> used to eat my eat my way through city bakeries when on my trips and everything. Yeah. But I've, I've learned that they put a lot of other things into most breads, unless you're really careful about the kinds of breads. There's a lot of fillers and other things that aren't really good for our system. Goodness mm-hmm. sakes, I was reading a, one particular bread label not too long ago, and they had cell, cellulose in it. I'm like, hmm, okay. Not that you can't have it, but it's just not really got a lot of nutritional value. It's just kind of got filler value. Oh. <laughs> I'm, thinking, oh. I'm thinking, hmm. Or you find, <laughs> other, you find other things in there that make it whiter or fluffier or any other thing so read labels learn to read labels critically important and there are a lot of people that say if you can't pronounce it you shouldn't be eating it and (laughs) i'd say that's like probably 80 90 percent true because there are Mm -hmm. a lot of things that are good for you but to have big long names 
But then again, just <laughs> take that as a kind of a heads up. If you can't pronounce it, look it up and see <laughs> what it really is. That's true. There's so many combinations of of words on there that you almost yeah, it's a problem. They, it is and a they problem. camouflage things like sugar by calling it something else. But I'm not that familiar with the different ingredients. So that's kind of where it slows me down. You know. Well um, one of the things that I choose to do is eat as close to nature as possible. So buying it in the format that it came out of the ground or off the tree from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes it easier because, you know, the label is apple, that's it. <laughs> or, the, or the label is lettuce, you know, that's it. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to think about how would I even say that, let alone, you know, pull out my phone and start looking it up. So yeah. I, I did radically change my diet. And you spoke earlier about the elimination diet. Doing mm-hmm. that, with a trained medical professional is a really good way to learn how your body responds to certain foods. It is amazing to me how fast the body can respond both positively and negatively to the right kinds of nutrition and changing our, our diet habits. Mm-hmm. It's actually a kind of a fun game. You know, you eat something and you, and that's all you eat. You know that. If that bulge here or that swelling in your hands or something, you know that's the food you just ate. It's so interesting. So interesting, but sometimes just so maddening. Like, darn, I really liked that. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's always your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've learned to make new favorites, but, yeah, I know. (laughs) At at first, as I was going through that elimination process, it was sort of like, Really? Like, shouldn't not, like, and the interesting thing to know, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes when you have an allergy, it's forever, but other times, it's just while your body's in that state of healing, oh. and sometimes you can add it back maybe once a week or once a month or things like that. When you've got the right kind of dietitian who understands how the immune system plays mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. food sensitivities and food allergies, they're able to guide you back and say, well, you know, I remember you really liked that. You've been uh-huh. off it for for six months, a year, whatever. Let's try introducing it once and see what happens. And maybe, just maybe, you'll get lucky. Yeah. So that kind of makes me think that it can be combinations of food or ingredients that could affect the body, and therefore you couldn't it would be difficult to know which one is really affecting the body. But uh, taking it down to just one by one, simple, simple, simple. It makes it easier. But the yeah. interesting thing is uh, when we say elimination diet and we're saying one by one, it's not like you just, okay, I'm only going to eat carrots today and no, I'm no. only going to eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you actually can build, if carrots were okay on day uh-huh. one and maybe day two, then you keep eating carrots and you add Brussels sprouts. And I'm just getting, you know, these are just words. You can eat bone broth and add, you know, lettuce the next day or oranges the next day. Your dietitian would know specifically for your body type what you need to add. But elimination diet doesn't mean you just, okay, I'm going to try rice for three days and then I'm going to give up rice and eat carrots for three days and give up carrots and then all of a sudden, somewhere down the road, be able to have all of that at once. No, elimination diet builds on itself. So it's not mm-hmm. like a starvation diet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we did talk briefly about as a, as a patient going in to see the doctor, how can you get the doctor to listen and not jump to conclusions, but to take your, your condition or your pains really seriously? How do you get them to, to really listen to you? Oh, wow. Great question. And first off, you need to be informed. And remember I mentioned about Dr. Google and not getting all of the crazy remedies of whatever, you know, craziness. Uh-huh. Really go in and research the latest research. There's the NIH and other places, the universities that you can get research papers and find mm-hmm. out about your particular condition. Mm-hmm. Also, I take lots of notes. And some people like to journal. I I like to journal. I find that helpful. And it's not like a hypochondriac, but it's really helpful to know that on after this, that happened. Or today I woke up extremely fatigued and then be able to look in your journal from three days, two or three days ago, go, oh, maybe this is what is part of that fatigue. And I don't know about you, but I lead a busy life, and oftentimes I forget pretty quickly what I did the day before or two days before or or whatever. And I find Uh things like journaling is helpful because then I can talk to the doctor. When you said to do X, Y, Z, this was what happened, whether positive or negative. And they're like, great, keep it up, or "Hmm, maybe we need to change something. So Mm. really quality feedback is important. Mm -hmm. So. I say take lots of notes, write down your questions because you'll forget and they're only going to give you five, maybe ten minutes. So write down your questions, do your research, and keep get notes on not just what the doctor says of after-visit summary, but any of the medical tests you have, the blood tests, x-rays, MRIs, CTs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Keep a notebook of all of those because as you're going through the healing process, it's really easy to forget. They start running together in your mind. Oh, my gosh, was that an MRI or a CT? It's just so easy to get overwhelmed by all of it. So if you go as a really prepared patient, Mm -hmm. they'll have have a whole new level of respect. They'll treat you very differently than if you go in there and go, oh, I don't know, uh, feeling kind of lousy. They don't know what to do with that. But when you take them in with, here's my question, they know what to do with that. They okay. They'll go right into that mode of okay. I've got mm-hmm. a team player here, and if you've got a doctor that cuts you off, treats you as you know uh, a child, or I, I hate the one that uh, you know is like treats you as a, a little hysterical old woman or whatever. You know, <laughs> I've had one of those before. And I fired them immediately. It's like yeah, no, I need team players. I need yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. It's okay well, to fire I, doctors. It's okay. Some people get upset. They're like, oh my gosh, white coat authority. I could never fire a doctor. If the doctor doesn't take you seriously, if the doctor poo-poos any of your symptoms or your worries or they laugh at you, I've had a doctor mm-hmm. laugh at me, you know, they're gone. It's like, I need team players. Mm. Yes. I, um, as I shared with you, and I know my audience has heard this before, but as I went through my cancer's journey, I found uh, it helpful to have my one of my 
children, adult children, in the room with me to help hear. Um, I get a little anxious. I don't mean to, but it just is what happens. Sometimes when I'm in the office and my mind just goes blank, you know, and then I get out and I go, oh, I forgot to ask this. I wonder how long I'm supposed to do this. Oh, dear. And then I just, I hate to have to call back, but I have to because I have to know the answer. So I found having the other person with me helpful, which is another way. I mean, certainly taking your own notes and asking your questions, writing the questions down was the question, was the thing I was trying to tell myself last time. Write those questions down, Joyce, because you do, you get stressed. I mean... Oh, you do get stressed. We're taught white coat authority. We're feeling crummy, so we're not at our best. You know, lots of reasons why we get stressed at a doctor's office. Just being in the office around all those other sick people, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, get a little nervous. You're going to catch something because that guy over there is coughing or, I mean, lots of reasons why you get stressed in a medical situation. And that's brilliant to take someone along. And what I found interesting I did take someone along at the beginning when I was feeling at my worst, mm-hmm. and they would hear things differently than I did, and that yes. would always be an interesting discussion afterwards, whether mm-hmm. I had misunderstood or uh, I took the tone wrong, or whatever it was, it was interesting to me that they would hear things differently and also dispassionately without emotion mm-hmm. attached to it they loved me but they were still able to i'll just say it wasn't about them so they were able to hear it in a different way so that's yes. brilliant to take take someone along yeah yeah i have a son and a daughter so even the way they listen the the male versus the female sometimes was kind of interesting but all of it was good feedback you know it was all having four ears instead of two and mine being half compromised because of my nerves. But, uh, you know, whatever we can do to make ourselves feel more comfortable and I think more in control of our illness or what we're experiencing is worth doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And taking a little quiet time right before mm-hmm. getting there, getting there early enough to, Maybe just walk around outside, get some fresh air before you go in. Anything that yeah. you can do that relieves any of that anxiety or anxiousness. Mm-hmm. One thing I found, you can meet the most competent of people in the world out there, and yet in certain conditions they get what I call situational anxiety. Mm-hmm. They may not have anxiety when they're out, you know, being a CEO or doing whatever they're doing, yet all of a sudden when it's around their health and they're feeling crummy and their their body's out of control in their mind, they get these moments of anxiety, especially mm-hmm. going to a, to a specialist or something else or you've got the big cancer word or autoimmune word, big word going on. Yeah. So just give yourself some grace, you know, and breathe through those moments because oftentimes people are like, oh, I shouldn't be anxious, which makes you more anxious. Which I shouldn't be anxious, but you get more anxious. So, Chris, give yourself so some right. space and grace, you know. Yeah. We think, oh, we run something. We run our lives very successfully. And then we go into this office and go, whoo, we're like a, a wet noodle in there sometimes. 
But anyway, and unfortunately, I, unfortunately, the doctor only sees that, and they they might go, "Well, that person has anxiety." As like it's overall, they don't mm-hmm. see that in every other area of your life. It's cool. It's yes. just right there. Yeah. Now you have been very passionate about wanting to spread the word, and you do it through your own podcasts, which has. You shared you'd had it for five years. So tell us about your podcast. I mean, your listeners, you have a great listening base. And um, how do, do they interact with you? Or um, how does your podcast run? Oh, well, thank you for bringing up what, what my friends say, my irrational passion. I, it is. <laughs> it is. I've taken everything that I've learned over the years in my corporate communications work and put into this, as well as bringing on thrivers, people mm-hmm. who are have beat the odds with autoimmune. Like, how did you beat the odds? How are you still continuing to beat the odds? And I bring on experts, people who've written, doctors and other medical professionals who've mm-hmm. got great things to share. And it's called the Autoimmune Hour. You can find it at almost all of the major podcast places. It plays first. Uh, you can find it at like, like Om Times Radio and Spreaker and all the major places. Uh-huh. And the majority of my audience, just like the diagnosis of autoimmune, tend to be female, tend to be mm-hmm. uh, from 30 to about 80, so it's a wide range of age. But unfortunately, the majority of people diagnosed with autoimmune are also female. So there's a lot that plays into that. They're still researching everything from different stressors to hormonal to all sorts of things like why more women than men. Mm-hmm. But I am just so thrilled that one of the things when I started the show, I was just a couple of months into uh, my healing journey. And mm-hmm. I, like I said before, I was frustrated that I wasn't mm-hmm. finding the answers I was wanting, especially quick enough. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. me make me healed and make me healed now. And, um, I have to go work. Yeah, <laughs> You're taking exactly. valuable time. Don't have time for yeah. this. So um, anyway, I started the autoimmune hour to get answers for myself. And I think yes. like your show, one of the reasons it's so popular is I'm not an expert. I'm going through the same journey my audience is going through. I'm going through a lot of the similar frustrations. Or mm-hmm. I know of those frustrations if I haven't t- truly experienced them myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the show popular. It's not like an expert talking head who right. always right. I'm, I'm just going through the same process as my audience is and feeling a lot of the same emotions and, and anxieties and joys and, you know, having mm-hmm. the thrivers on is awesome. Talking to people that are succeeding like I am is so awesome to let, and I get, Things on Facebook, we have Understanding Autoimmune on Facebook, and there, and we also have the Autoimmune Hour on Facebook, and people will write to me about what they're experiencing or their successes, like this happened, and all of a sudden, you know, I started sleeping better, and I couldn't believe the change in my body when I really got important, took my sleep important. So, Mm -hmm. I love all of that that keeps me going in this is just knowing that other people find the, the things that I find fascinating, fascinating themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <That's sort> of, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I just think there's great benefit in hearing somebody else has made it. They've, they've moved through the pain and they're on the other side and it looks brighter and it's happier on the other side. And I think that's invaluable to share with it your is. audience. And with autoimmune, the thing is, they'll say you're in remission. They never, quote, unquote, say you're cured. And uh-huh. so on occasion, things can, like, you could be doing great for a month, six months, a year, two years, whatever. And then it's in the language of autoimmune called a flare. Out of the blue, maybe, or maybe you see it coming, you get a flare. And that mm-hmm. can be so disheartening. It's like, darn, I was doing so good. And I want to encourage people to realize that on this healing journey, whether it's autoimmune, whether it's cancer, any other diagnosis, that as long as you stay true to what you know is really good health, diet, stress reduction, sleep quality, taking care of yourself, removing toxins from your world, mm-hmm. you're so much further along than you were when you started. I had a nutritionist, uh, sorry, naturopath tell me one time, I had a flare, and I was really bummed, and it's like, oh, no, I'm down in the hole again. Oh, my gosh. And she pointed out, look, Sharon, yeah, you had a little slip down the mountain, two or three steps, but you're nowhere near that valley that you were in when you first came. You mm. were down, way down here, but look, look how far you've come, and all you did was slip a couple of points. So you're still on the mountain and doing good. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of insight to realize that if we do have a little flare or something happens that we feel broadsided by, you know, blindsided by, mm-hmm. just knowing that you're on this healing journey and doing everything you, you've been doing to reinforce your health, reinforce this amazing healing machine called our body, it's just mm-hmm. amazing to me how we can get back on and, and be so much healthier, so much quicker. When we have yeah. a flare. Yeah. Now, I like that doctor or nutritionist. Oh, or whatever. I, yeah, I do too. I love her. I love her. <laughs> She's always, she always has these great metaphors that make you feel good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I just, I'm a very visual person. So, you know, I saw you on the mountain and I saw you slip, but I saw you didn't slip very far. And I really, you know, I'm, I was with you. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Well, you have shared so much good information here that you do have an offering that, that my listeners can go and, and, uh, get an ebook on the five things you do. Would you like to tell them how to go get that, that book? Yeah. Thank you. Going to the website, www.understandingautoimmune, all one word, understandingautoimmune.com. And mm-hmm. just right there at the top, you'll see the Courage, Join the Courage Club. And mm-hmm. we have all sorts of little offerings there. But the main one is titled, Five Things You Can Do Immediately That Will Help You Feel Better. And a lot of them we talked about on the show. And yeah. just knowing that as part of the Courage Club, we have little clips from experts that I call insider secrets, where I interview them after the interview for another great tip we didn't have time to share on the show. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, oh, over there, understanding autoimmune, you'll see all the other episodes. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much. We're quickly coming to the end of the hour, and uh, it's always um, 
kind of sad, sad to say goodbye because I'm just having such a great time with you, Sharon. Oh, <laughs> but I appreciate it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that you've uh, chosen to share your work with the world because you're helping so many people. Thank you very much for that. So until next week, when we will have another guest, uh, I look forward to you're having a great week and you be sure and share this information with somebody out there that may be struggling with autoimmune disease. Let them know there is help. Send them to Sharon's site and just be active. Pull in a friend. Support them in whatever way you can. Thanks for being here today. It's always a pleasure. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.